I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Podcast One presents House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Join Kim, her husband, and six children as she shares her journey to success and the positive mentality that brought her there. Come on in and make yourself at home. Now, here's your host, Kim Zolciak Bierman. Hi, you guys. Welcome to this episode of House of Kim. Hello. So much to talk about. First of all, Cash has diarrhea this morning and then threw up all over the kitchen floor. Yeah, that was uh, quite the stinky mess. Zalma said, <laughs> our nanny said it was like very bad, unusually bad smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know what? I think I feel better now, which he always wants to stay home and I always want him to stay home. Um, but uh, he's like, I think I feel better now. And I, I think I have this thing at school. I couldn't even take him serious. I said, Cash, just go get some new pajamas on. KJ came home from school the other day sick because um, he was having diarrhea for days like two or three days and his stomach just hurt really bad so i asked tracy um because i had a big fab fit fun photo shoot on tuesday so all day long and so um i didn't really get to see kj as much in the afternoon once he came home and i said to her yesterday did you think that kj was really sick she said yeah zalman and i both said he looked kind of weird in the face and um so anyways he never wants to come home because he never wants to miss any work i'm all for like stay home today and hang out with me but (laughs) So we just got back from L.A. again. Um, we left on Friday and Friday morning super early. Um, Fridays in Atlanta, the traffic, I'm going to knock on some wood, is amazing. Um, usually. Usually. It's a little heavy, I felt like. No, I don't think so. No. We weren't really stopped anywhere for a shorter period of time, I think. Yeah, I guess you're right. So... Um, we got to the airport. Everything was great on the flight. That's a long flight, you guys. Like four hours there, four and a half hours there. The flight home is three and a half um, or you know, a little over, which makes a big difference because I start getting like irritated at about three hours. Like, oh my God, how much longer? So anyways, we went there. I stopped at Dr. Kasabian's just to get a little bit more Botox. I saw somebody uh, DM me about TMJ and me talking about it and... Um, it's Dr. Kasabian in California that has tremendously helped me with my TMJ. So I did um, a little bit more Botox kind of in my neck area because um, I felt like a little more uneven. My left side or my right side is always more stressed per se or tighter than my left side. So he just did a little bit more there. I love him. I love to see him. So then one of my friends, Lily Galici, recommended this doctor – um, first I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Brielle came downstairs yesterday and was like, mom on Twitter, prednisone is trending. Um, you're not taking that anymore. Are you? And I was like, no, I hated that stuff because it made my stomach. So, or my stomach, well, my stomach poofy, I felt like, and my face. 
Um, I was only on it this summer for a few weeks because I had so much fluid retention, um, which it really helped in the beginning. And then I, and I, it makes you super irritable and I don't know. I just, but anyways, I guess Ashley Judd, um, was, um, which is Winona Judd's daughter, I guess has like a puffier face. So people were saying, oh, she's on prednisone or she had a facelift and, I guess that's kind of how it started from what I saw, which I just think is so rude because you have no idea what somebody's right. going through. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what she's going through. Yeah. And um, and that's kind of like what happened to me, I felt like, in um, in November at BravoCon. Right. Like my stomach looks so poofy on television, but in person, I don't feel like when I turned to the side it did. I just feel like head on. But when I posted the videos that was in the dressing room, it was way different. Right. <laughs> like it's what I look like in, in real life. But so wait, let me tell you guys about the paparazzi because I haven't done my makeup or I've done my makeup for the last like four months. Sometimes my, tr- my trips are so early to LA that I just don't do any makeup um, until I get there. But other times I do it. And so I didn't feel like doing it. And it was such an early flight. And I get there and there's paparazzi everywhere. Like, of course. But, um, and they're really actually sweet there. And they were talking about, you know, kids getting their lips done or cosmetic surgery and, uh, what are our thoughts and parents signing off for, you know, kids that are young that get plastic surgery. And my thoughts are 18. If it, unless it's like something like they have a very large nose that they don't like, that's really upsetting them. Or my mom always used to say like, if you had huge, huge ears, I'd get them pinned back, for example. Right. But like if there's something that's, you know, and Croy said that, which, um, yeah, any sort of like mental anxiety, mental angst that a child feels or, or even maybe he's bullied about, uh, I'm all for, Helping yeah. a child <clears throat> yeah. deal with something like that. And I think they should uh, do that. And I think a parent should, if, if they have the means to help their child that way, um, I would I would do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, they were talking about Ariana because she wanted her lips done or whatever once she turned 18. And, you know, same situation as Brielle. I said 18 is fine. You're not doing anything prior to that. Um, she still hasn't done her lips. but And even if we advised her not to, and fought with her. She She's can still, still go do it. Do it. She's 18. Right. Yeah, it's like, like you know, I have no control so anyway. pick your battle. You know, like you're going to sit there and have an argument with your daughter when she really, really wants to do something or really, really doesn't or whatever the case may be. They can do it anyways. You can sit there all day long and say, don't do it, but they can go do it. Exactly. So let's go back to this doctor. So because of just kind of the fluid retention and all that kind of stuff and the infection I got last year, that was pretty significant. Um, I was like, Lily, I just have, you know, a little bit of fluid retention or whatever. It's something's just off. And so she said, I have this really great doctor. Anything I need, I call Lily. If I need a lawyer, I'd call Lily. If I need a, uh, you know, Lily's the first one I think that sent me to Dr. Kasabian. Lashes. If I need to get a dress right now, (laughs) if I need to want to eat at the best place in LA, Lily Galici is the go-to person. Um, I actually get asked all the time what lashes I wear and I only wear Lily lashes. Um, I love Miami. They're a bit much for daytime. Um, and I love goddess more for daytime. I like my lashes to not curl up. I like them. I like them to curl up a little bit and like kind of go more straight out because I have such a hooded eye that it would like close my eyelid and her bands are so easy to apply. But anyways, aside from that, I said, Lily, like I need to see somebody cause I just, you don't even know who to see really. So she recommended this doctor at USC and I went to go see him. Um, we drove like, I mean, it took a good hour and 10 minutes from Los Angeles, Beverly Hills to get there. Um, went to go see him, the nicest doctor ever. Like, 
his tone, his demeanor, he listens. Um, we talked all things from like stroke, claustrophobia, um, some of my symptoms, the fact that I haven't been sleeping really well. Um, I stopped taking Benadryl to sleep, which is what I've done for a long time. And it's been a hell of a journey these last two weeks of, of no sleep really. Um, so, and I don't want ambient. I don't want any of that bullshit. Like it's, I don't ambient. I tried one time back in 2012 when I just was wore out, exhausted when cash was a baby, um, and KJ. So I tried it one night and it did help me sleep for about five straight hours. That's it. Then I'm up and it's just, so Benadryl, what he said to me was like a, is a 10 to 12 hour acting. Um, yeah. It's half life is 10 to 12. So it takes 10 to 12 hours to leave your system. Right. So that, so, and I, I like to sleep, you guys, I need my nine hours. Like I'm, yeah, I can't function otherwise. I feel like as I'm getting older, it's not as necessary, but anyways, he was really, really sweet. And, um, I mean, I spent like an hour and a half with him. He just checked over my whole body. He, you know, a lot of you guys have brought to my attention the breast implant illness. And it doesn't apply to me. Um, I appreciate you guys and all your DMs on what it could be because a lot of those symptoms that you have with breast breast implant awareness or illness, I'm sorry, is similar to kind of what I've been battling. But I don't have that, thank God. He checked over all that. Um, my boobs are perfect. Thank you, Dr. Hochstein. Um, you know, so we just kind of went through a bunch of stuff. He said, listen, I'm gonna get a bunch of blood work so that we can kind of figure out what's going on. If there's, you know, whatever. What I found funny was, so he, he's going to address the sleep, right? He's going to give me something to help me sleep. And then he's like, okay, so now what about the claustrophobia? And I was like, no, I think I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I, I, I'm just manageable. And so fine. It's totally fine. He's like, oh, so we're just, so just avoid it or like, don't. We're managing it by avoiding it. Yeah. I just started to giggle like, yeah, dude, that's exactly what's happening. Um, I'm okay with it. I, you know, everywhere I go, it's annoying. It's so fucking annoying. That's really not. That we though. have to get security to open the, the stairs, you know, at the one hotel that we stay at, um, which I'm, it was so great. This past weekend, I love going back there. They have the best blueberry muffins ever. Um, it's a funny story because our AC, we didn't turn the fan on. The AC wouldn't kick on, so I was hot. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the damn addition. <laughs> but it wasn't. And we just didn't have it on right or correct. Um, but anyways, so I'll take seven, eight flights. I'll take 20 flights. I And this has been me for at least, at least 16 years. Um, if not 17, I used to get in elevators and just have like almost a mini heart attack, but, uh, <laughs> and then I would get out and be fine. It's when that one, those, this one elevator didn't open. And I just, I said, no more, dude. Like I was already uncomfortable in them and now it's a no. So I thought that was kind of funny. So I do feel like I maybe need to, um, maybe deal with that. But I think, you know, I, I, now it gets to the point where I can't even go to the bathroom without Corey, like holding the door. He holds the door on the flight, Delta flights. He stands in front of him, holds the door open because I was on a Delta flight coming back from Mexico uh, Ariana was a year old, so 17 years ago, heavy, heavy turbulence, and the door got locked, and she was in there for the rest of the time. They could not get her out. It was like an hour and a half left of our flight, and I was like, hell no. <laughs> so now I won't even close those doors, so Corey has to stand in front of them, um, or if I'm with Brielle or whoever, and I just won't go if I'm by myself. So um, so I do need to deal with my claustrophobia. The motion code kind of helped a little bit with it. It's not as bad, um, but locking bathroom doors i was at my doctor's office here getting some um, glutathione and iv um 
Myers cocktail or whatever the hell they call it, like IV vitamins. And I went in her bathroom and I was like, I have to lock the door because there's a lot of people here. And so I locked the door, but my heart was racing the whole time. Like, it's not going to open. I can't get out of here. Oh my God. Oh my God. What am I going to do? And I always think, well, Corey can just take the door off the hinges. Maybe like, could we do that? Like, I always think all these crazy things on how I would ever get out of somewhere. Um, so yeah, I probably need to deal with that. If you're like me, you've got stuff, a lots of stuff, stuff that's been sitting there for way too long, taking up valuable space, just adding clutter to your life. But you guys, it's 2020 and it's a perfect time to finally deal with it. And I'm not talking about throwing it out or hiding it even deeper in the closet. I'm talking about selling it on Mercari. You know, Mercari, the selling app that makes selling almost anything fast and easy. So here's where you begin. You go through your home, you find all the stuff that you didn't use in 2019, the phone in the drawer, those jeans you wore once, that handbag hiding in the back of your closet. Listing takes just minutes. You take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is connected to millions of buyers on the app Macari. They will email you a shipping label even, which is really cool, and everything ships so there's no awkward meetups with strangers. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the app store with an average of 4.8 star rating, so why not give it a try? Let's make 2020 the year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Macari. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Macari, the selling app. But anyways, really, really, really great doctor. We can't do like phone calls, FaceTime calls. They don't allow it, I guess, at USC or whatever. So I'll be flying back to LA soon to kind of, you know, deal with that. But let me tell you guys something. I've always, I have pretty, uh, you know, shoulder pain and like neck pain a lot just from, I think, pushing out KJ, my scalenes were really stressed and they've been that way kind of ever since. Um, And so my shoulders, it's just like, I think women in general hold a lot of their tension in their shoulders. It's like been proven, um, shoulder, you know, neck area. So my chiropractor helps out a lot, but it's like just a constant pain that I deal with and I'm used to it. But I, and I told him this, so he takes and he shoots me up with, I don't even know, like whatever. I don't care what it was because it was like a miracle. Um, so he stuck me probably 20 times along my shoulders, down my spine. Um, it was not overly enjoyable, um, needles, I realized have been way more painful, like the last year for me than any other time. So I, it's very strange. I don't have needle. I don't have anxiety about needles. They don't even face me. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been definitely a little bit more painful. So he stuck me with all this stuff. And then I was supposed to go out to dinner with, um, Dre post Malone's manager that night, right. With Brielle, we were all going to go have a nice dinner. I adore him, his energy, his thought process, all that good stuff. And I had to cancel because I had, I had a migraine at this point. Like I'm really tired because I haven't slept. I think the lidocaine that was in those injections and everything just kind of was keeping me more awake. So we stopped, dropped off my prescription that helps me sleep. And, um, Brielle's mad as hell at me. I'm never inviting you anywhere. You do this all the time. Like, I'm, is this, are you okay, Brielle? Like, I'm not, I have a lot going on. Um, and I have a very bad migraine. And I'm sorry, I have to cancel dinner. So she's like, wait, you text in the group text. I said, fine, I will. Like, relax. So she was not understanding at all, <laughs> to say the least. It really frustrated me. Because the last thing I want to hear is somebody yelling while I have a headache. Right. So I text, hey, Dre, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, at CVS. I'm getting a prescription. My head is pounding. You know, uh, I'm not going to be able to make dinner, but let's try to grab it Sunday before, you know, lunch or something before we head out. He writes back, wow. I'm like, wow, like you're pissed or wow. <laughs> like, But I took it as like, wow, like that sucks kind of thing. But he was had a bunch of people that he was doing this, I don't know, something in his new office or whatever. So he had a bunch of people there in construction and was dealing with all these things. And then he texts back a second later, I'm so sorry, mama, get better. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was very understanding. Okay. Very. 
So I tried to lay him in the bed, you guys, and I was losing my mind not being able to sleep. Like, I think it's the stuff that he put in my shoulders. Like, I think it had to have been like the lidocaine that kind of revved me up per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not sleep for anything. I took one Benadryl. So I took the Trazodone or whatever he gave me that helps me sleep, which a lot of my friends say is like, great, it helps them stay asleep. That's my problem is like staying asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that and then by 2.30 in the morning, I was up 24 hours, almost 25 hours. And I was like, Croy, I'm, I'm, like, I literally was, you ever get so mad or like if you're laying in the bed and you can't sleep, like you just want to like just scream and kick and you just bah, like a crazy person because that's how I felt. She went for a run. No, I had such a migraine. So it was like a catch 22. And and so I just, yeah. And I'm over having migraines or over, you know, I don't have them as often as I definitely used to, but I definitely feel like a little different this last year since I got that infection. I don't know what it is yet, but we're working on it. So of course I just take one Benadryl and I did, and I was out and I had Malika's baby shower like super early. So I got, you know, four or five, six hours of sleep max. And that was okay. I was fine. Um, Got up, got dressed, did my hair and makeup or I didn't. My team did. They're amazing. And headed to Malika's baby shower. She's having an adorable boy. I cannot wait. Um, she looks so freaking cute. So Chloe Kardashian set up the or put the whole baby shower on. I think her sister, her twin sister, identical twin sister, Khadijah, helped. Um, so uh, it was and Malika wanted no color, which is hysterical to me. I don't know why. I don't even I can't even like, how do you say that? I don't want any color. <laughs> and like, okay, well, what are we supposed to do? So Chloe is a perfectionist and she did it like the whole baby shower in light brown, dark brown, like creams, neutral. It was phenomenal. So I got, I took the stairs, of course. It was on the second floor at the Waldorf Astoria. And I'm, I get, I walk out the door and I see Chloe. I'm like, like screaming like it. she's like go over there i want you to get the full experience don't come in this way go over there i'm like this <laughs> crazy lady so i went through this big balloon tunnel and they have these animals you guys like they had a bear for her chloe had elephants and they're real life like shrubbery that they yeah. shape it's the craziest shit i've ever seen yeah. chloe has like mindy weiss Weist, Weist, um, is one of the best party planners, wedding planners I've ever seen. Like, she's so phenomenal. I adore her. And Jeff Latham, who did the flowers, just like the, her team is just amazing. The cake was beautiful. Malika's been eating cereal the whole pregnancy, so she had a cereal bar. That's funny. Um, there was a good, I'd say, like 35, 40 of us. I caught up with everybody. It was so great. Chris Jenner's hilarious because um, Brielle was like, so Chris, um, do you ever let the girls borrow your clothes? Because you guys know Brielle's not borrowing my clothes. She'll drop ketchup on my white gown that's, a, you know, vintage or it's not happening. And Chris is like, well, um, if I've worn it before sometimes and she's like, and where's my where's my Chloe um, something dress to to Chloe Kardashian? Chloe's like, it's at the freaking dry cleaners. I just wore it five days ago or something. Um, she's like, Chris Jenner has the best closet. I'm like, oh, I can only imagine. Um, so I said, I'm not letting my girls. I'll never get it back. I said, I, I let Brielle borrow this red Chanel book bag thing, and it has like a little dent in it. So that's it. Like Ariana, I, I'm more apt, and she has worn s- several of my items. So um, 
I always get it back either dry cleaned or it's set on the stairs and I tell her I'll wash it, but I always get it back. So it was like, well, Chris didn't really help me out there. She's kind of, I mean, obviously Chris got way more money than me and way more clothes and way more shoes and to just replace it by buying another one, you know? And I'm just like, she said some of her Tom Ford stuff and more expensive stuff. She's, um, you know, she doesn't really share, but she says the girls come in the closet anyway and take it. So anyways, my closet has a lock on it, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> so the baby shower is beautiful. I love Malika and Khadijah. I love her mom. I finally got to meet her mom this time. She's amazing. She had two sets of identical girls, which is like wild. Um, so I talked to her and um, I mean, I don't I just I really loved it. We went over to the photo booth, took some pictures um, and then Chloe, you know, grabs the mic, which Chloe looks phenomenal and I just want her legs, but that's okay. I'm a realist. Um, she did her little conversation, you know, spool like Malika and blah, 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 blah. And Chloe never cries like, like at this stuff, like even at her baby shower, I'm crying and, and Chloe's not crying. I'm and Chris Jenner's crying that they, they, I think I'm like a mini Chris Jenner because she cries all the time too. Then Malika grabs the mic and that's it. I just, I'm like tears streaming down my face. Like, oh my God. My makeup artist was like, what the f were you at a club? Like, what the f you look crazy. And I'm like, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. So she gave this little really sweet speech and, um, which was amazing. And I just hung out, you know, Komora Lee Simmons, if you guys are wondering, she's amazing. She's literally hilarious. There were so many people there. They were so, it was, the energy was the bomb. I told Malika last night that Chloe and Malika, Khadijah, like they have some really good friends. They are very good friends themselves. Probably the only group of people that I freely speak with about whatever, doesn't matter, and don't have to watch what I say or guard it or feel uncomfortable. Like they're really some of the greatest friends to have. Um, and I said to somebody, maybe it was Khadijah and Malika's mom, Beverly, that um, I don't know if it's because you know, being in the public eye and they can kind of understand it, but I don't know. I mean, we share a lot of secrets and, um, you know, and just talk and, you know, whatever and never goes anywhere and never will. And everybody in that room, I felt the same way about, I don't know. It was really cool. I really love all of their events that they put on. Cause it's, it's pretty insane. Not only is it beautiful, but it's really cool to just, you know, see everybody and kind of reconnect again. So it was amazing. Chloe had cake bread there wine she's like, i said should we get a glass of wine she's like come on it's great wine and i'm like okay girl like my kind of wine my kind of great wine she's like it's cake bread so that was really cool i was very excited about that and it was cool brielle was there i don't know it was awesome so that was over and then we got back to the hotel changed real quick and went out to dinner with drag because i was feeling better so brielle was very happy about that and that was cool. It was called The Nice Guy, which has really incredible food, but it's like a restaurant, and then by like 11.30, it's a bar. Yeah. It's the craziest thing, but there, I think there's a lot of places in LA like that. Yeah, it turns into like a little mini club. Yeah, for sure. And so this is the craziest thing that happened to me when I was walking out. Um, so Corey and I are kind of there, and we're like the third and fourth wheel, because Dre and Brielle are kind of on the other side of this big booth, and they're laughing and cracking up, and she's picking his brain, because he's like a, just a genius. He has a great vision. He brings it to fruition. He's very positive, very motivated. Um, I don't know. He's just fun. You know, he's, he's, he found Post Malone in I think 2014. And I just read yesterday that Post Malone is, is the only artist that has had five 
songs streamed each one over a billion times. And Post Malone, you guys, is literally one of the nicest people you will ever meet. He's so funny. He's, I don't know. I don't, I just love, I love their, their team too. Like they're just all really good people. So we went out to dinner and we're walking out of the restaurant and this girl's like, Kim, and I can barely see shit. It's like so dark. So many people. And um, she's like, Kim. And this is one of those Instagram girls that I talk to on the reg. Um, Vanity makeup, I think is what it's called or something. We talk all the time. Like she um, lost her cat. So she had all these signs up and she loves to like rescue dogs and help out and whatever. And obviously we like to do the same thing. So she's like, hi, I don't even remember her name because she's right now at the top of my head. But I always just call her vanity makeup whenever I'm referring to her in my house. And she's like, we need to glam. And I was like, well, I brought my makeup artist. But definitely next time she does really good makeup. Um, she's a makeup artist as well. And so that was kind of funny. That's one of those things. Like I have a few friends on Instagram that... I've never met and that we talk to, I talk to all the time, like all the time. So I'm very thankful for social media in that regard, but it was kind of like random and weird that I would see her. So back to the hotel, we went to sleep. You guys, I slept about eight hours, eight and a half hours. I didn't have to get up for anything. Our flight was at five o'clock. So we ordered, I don't know if you guys have had Alfred's coffee, but if you get Alfred's vanilla, what is it, Croy? Well, it's a latte, but you, you make yours into a breve, which is instead of like the milk that they use is half and half. I love half and half. I could just (laughs) drink it straight. So it's a vanilla latte, but make it into a brave and then add cinnamon. So we ordered two from Postmates, um, you know, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. I actually drank their coffee Friday night too. And I think that's what kept me up as well. Probably didn't help. Yeah. Which is like, I used to be able to drink coffee at all hours of the night. And now I guess it keeps me up. So we're drinking their coffee. I ordered my favorite from the one, the blueberry muffins. And Nina is my valet girl there, you guys. I could not think of her name to save my life when I was doing the podcast, but her name is Nina. And she was there. I think she works like 24-7 because she was there every time we were leaving. So Corey decides to look up the nutritional facts about this coffee <laughs> to just kill the vibe and kill the mood. Okay, And I'm not – I believe you can have everything, anything you want in moderation. And so I love Dutch Bros, The Annihilator, which I'm sure has just as much in it as <laughs> – this one, I don't care. So it's not like I'm going to stop drinking it. It's but, packed full of energy. But it's it's packed full of a lot of fat because <laughs> two tablespoons of cream has three grams of fat and like 19 calories, I think, or 20 calories. Yeah. So I, in my morning coffee, have at least, what would you say, how many tablespoons are in like to about, about here? Probably, you probably got about 35, no, maybe probably 25 to 30, probably yeah. 25 to 30. So I, so... It's like 58 grams of fat. Something that's not really that, but it was close to that or whatever. And 400 calories or whatever. Whatever. I drank it. I love it. And I miss it and want it right now. and can't wait to get it again. So definitely try it out. And then you know what? It curbs your appetite though. Mm. You're not hungry. So it's like, I, and I don't, I, don't drink, I don't drink my calories. I always tell my kids, don't drink your calories because you want to be able to eat the food. So if you're drinking a Coke, which none of my kids do, but if you're drinking, well, I guess sometimes older girls would. If you're drinking a Coke, it's got 30 grams of sugar and it's 130 calories when you could have like an English muffin with, you know, peanut butter and jelly on it. So I've always really taught them don't drink your calories. But in this case, I think it's great. And same thing with Dutch Bros. It fills me up. So, and I don't like to eat anyways until the afternoon, but this was like four o'clock before I even remotely wanted anything. So it was cool. It's your breakfast. Yeah. So it was really great. Got to the airport. All went well. Got home. We landed at like one o'clock in the morning. Got home at like two. Had to get up at six to get the kids to school, which is fine. But I was like, I'm going to call you guys an Uber. (laughs) It was like a joke. 
<laughs> and KJ was like panicking. I'm like, KJ, we're just going to get an Uber this morning. Like, I'm really tired. And he doesn't like when we go out of town anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was a really great trip. It was fun. It was um, this doctor's so amazing. I feel like everybody that's coming into my life um, or I'm coming across or whatever has just been so amazing these last two months. Like, I don't even know how I end up some places. Like, this doctor, Lily, gave me two years ago, three years ago, and we text. In 2016, so four years ago, we text. And because um, he, Lily had said how much she had helped or how much he helped her, I should say. Right. So, yeah, it's funny. And I just, I only do things when it's extreme, when I'm like that miserable. Like, my, you know, my shoulders hurt or whatever. I only do it when it's like at extreme levels. So really glad I went and saw him. It's time your furniture matched your fearless style. Whether you're having date night at your place or hosting Valentine's Day, your furniture should suit your needs, but also feel uniquely you. That's where Joybird comes in. Joybird's Instagram gives you a daily dose of what's trending in customers' home. Mid-century, modern, boho, and so much more. Also, weekly blog for tips and tricks. 2-9 to 2-17 only. Be sure to hit up Joybird's President's Day sale where you can score some of those pieces you have your eye on at a price you will love. Now through February 17th. With Joybird, your personal one-of-a-kind style that should match your furniture. Bring your mood boards to life with hundreds of customizable pieces and over 50 fabrics and leather options, three shades of wood, and over 250 unique silhouettes. From rich, buttery leathers to the softest velvet you've ever felt, you're sure to find the fabric and texture that's right for you with free fabric swatch kits. See and touch all of our fabrics to find the perfect choice. Joybird offers a range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery options so your creation can stand the test of time and wrath of your furry friends and toddlers. Their protection plan helps keep pieces looking as great as the day they came into your home. Relax now, pay later with our financing option. Your rates could be as low as 0% for 18 months. Free personal design consultants to help you go from inspiration to creation. Each Joybird produced piece is made with the ultimate care and precision using real wood without all those harmful chemicals and responsibly sourced material. All Joybird handcrafted pieces come with a lifetime limited warranty. 365 day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom to your home. Sit on it, sleep on it and break it in. And if you don't love it, your Joybird return it. Create furniture that matches your own fearless style at joybird.com forward slash Kimsey. See how Joybird can help make your dream space a reality today at joybird.com forward slash Kimsey. Head over to joybird.com forward slash Kimsey and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using code Kimsey. Ariana signed up for acting class. You guys know she wants to be an actress. She has wanted to be an actress since she watched Grey's... No, not Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Is it Grey's Anatomy? That really made her want to be an actress and that's the one thing that I could never be and don't want and would, you know, I refused and have so many things. So it's so funny to see your kids kind of be almost a complete opposite of you. Um, but she's really good at it. So she's excited. She signed up for these classes and still willing, really hoping to win the lotto before now in June. So she never has to go to college. (laughs) Um, the four littles have winter break this coming week. They're going to be home. We're going to have them on the podcast. They have like winter break. I don't even know why. I love it. I'm, I love when the kids are home. Even if I'm not with them the entire time, I just love them being home. I really miss when they're like, they were like one, two, and three. You know, I just love right. it. Yeah. And my days are quiet sometimes, which is nice, but I still love them at home. So, yeah, very excited that they're going to be home. You guys, we went to Orange Theory in Milton. We have our own gym and stuff like that, but I like to run outside. That's kind of my vibe and my thing. I like to run outside and I like to run in the dark most of the time because then I don't like see how far I have to go. It just kind of seems to go quicker. So that's my real, my favorite thing to do, but it's a lot on my knees, my back, you know, it just kind of compresses 
um, everything as you run. I have right. some really great sneakers. Those Nike Air, no, not Air Max. Are they Air Max? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Nike Air Max sneakers are like running on a cloud. Most of the time with Nike, I can't run with their sneakers because they're, they have only the like, uh, foamish, mm-hmm. whatever in the very back. And so then it really hurts my back because it's not even. Mm-hmm. The Air Max goes from the front to the back with the padding, right. basically. So, anyways, I wanted to try something like different and just see. Orange Theory, you guys, has treadmills that reduce your impact 40% on your body yeah, while you run. Nuts. It's the crazy, it's like you're, out, you're running on a trampoline, but not that extreme. Um, so it's a class that you go to, and there was only like maybe six or seven people in this class. You sign up on the app, whatever class you want to go to, and you have an instructor. And so you do, I didn't end up doing the weights because I had my PDO threads, so I didn't do the rower or the weights because I can't do that for two weeks. So you'll do the treadmill for 30 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever, and she'll move you to the rowers. Did you like the rower? Yeah. No, it was it was so cool. It was the first time I've ever done a class like that. I've always either been in an athletic setting, in an athletic gym, doing powerlifting and things like that, or you know, had a trainer who would put me through specific type workouts to build strength and power. I get shy when somebody's like going to watch me lift a weight. Right. It's like, look over there. That's funny. But yes, that was, that was like my first time doing a class ever. And it was like so cool. I totally understand why people go to these classes. Not only is somebody there to motivate you, it's upbeat. You're, you're going against people next to you doing the exact same thing that can help kind of push you and motivate you. And like Kim said, the treadmill was amazing. It was really low impact. Uh, so I walked important. actually too because of my PDO threads versus running. And so you do these like sprints she tells you what to do we're going to do it for 30 seconds we're going to do it for 90 seconds you got 10 seconds left and then nine eight okay you know drop your speed down and whatever so So, if you can't run though and you need to walk then you just adjust your incline they have they have an answer for everything uh in terms of getting you challenged to the point where you're getting something out of this workout the really cool too the really cool cool thing was that we wanted kim kim wanted to she's always wanted to to improve her strength and and just get a better overall uh, balance and, and just muscle training and things like that. But she doesn't want to go A to a gym like where meatheads are lifting next to her or, or just like heavy weights. And it's, it's awkward. She's not sure about doing that. And, and so this, and I always this use my neck. I always use my neck to I overcompensate by using my neck. So when yeah. lifting any kind of weights, I strain my neck. I asked Chloe, like, Chloe, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I hurt my neck every time. And she says, you have to do really low weights mm-hmm. and then build up your form and get right. your form perfect and then kind of go from there. So, yep. and if you guys saw Chloe's body, you'd take all her advice, listen to every word she says about working out because she definitely looks friggin' insane. Right. And so it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a lifting class, core class cardio class all compacted into one quick workout and it's what 55 minutes 50 minutes that you do it and then you're out the door so we got all of our cardio and which normally takes us like 45 minutes with the golf cart and the dogs and the kids and we got all of our cardio uh kim will get to lift if i can get her back in there and uh get to do the rower and she's gonna get it all in 55 minutes so it was really cool process i I was I was quite pleased and surprised. I loved our instructor, Vanessa. Her and I just vibed. She was in a car accident as well. 
and she holds her neck similar to me, like our range of motion in our necks are not good. Hers is um, definitely, I'm sure she doesn't have a chiropractor every single week. She loves wine like me. I feel like we're, we're like best friends now. <laughs> um, so she said, you know, she totally understands where I'm coming from with the weights and the, and the running and that sort of thing because she was in a very bad car accident at 22, I think. At a stoplight, she was just nailed from behind and she's never been the same. So she gets up and she was saying she's like always in pain and it's just a part of her life. And, you know, so she was really cool. Um, Brielle and Zach went this morning and they had a different instructor who they said was really cool. The energy there is awesome. You have to keep, so the reason why it's called Orange Theory is you have to keep your, um, heart rate or your heart rate in, in the orange basically. So orange zone, the orange zone, right? So they have these little like, um, monitors, monitors that go on your arm. So it's not like the Peloton where you have it like around your waist, which is Mm -hmm. kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have them just kind of around your arm closer to your elbow and so what the instructors are looking for is, you know, at different points, you have to kind of stay in that orange. A lot of us were in the red. I burned like 600 and something calories. Croy burned 1,000 calories. And this is in less than an hour. I think it's like 55 minutes mm-hmm. or something. Um, I, I love this place. Okay. So anyways, talking to Vanessa about all kind of the pain and like just whatever, she says one of the things that helps her is wine, of course, girl, <laughs> and the hot box. So I'm going to go try that out. It's like where you go it's an infrared sauna yeah brielle went yeah it's an infrared sauna she does it like two or three times a week she'll put it on 140 though which means i just fall out and be dead in there yeah that's nuts and then when you get out they have vitamin c showers so i'm gonna try that too i love anything like that and they're like cold vitamin c showers so your skin is like flawless so i just think i need to take the time to do shit like that to really just feel my best so it was interesting that she said it just helps get the wine out of the muscles and kind of feel better and, you know, <laughs> detoxify. So I'm going to try that too. But we're on to uh, some new things here. And I really love Orange Theory. And so many of my friends were like, girl, you were at Orange Theory. I would have met you there. I love that place. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking, and they're all over the world. So if you're, United States, if you're looking for, I always say that world. Right. Um, all over the country is what I mean. But yeah. <laughs> so they're all over the place. There's like 600 and something. No, yeah, seven. Yeah, I don't remember. There's a lot. There's so a lot. there's a lot. I know there's some the in LA. In, uh, the one in Milton is super nice, brand new, clean. That's crucial. I feel like for a gym, you can walk in and see dirt, and it totally ruins the vibe. And you're like, I don't yeah, want to work God, out. People sweating and shit. Yeah. No so thanks. brand new, clean. I think there's one in uh, Alpharetta, maybe towards the Avalon. There's one downtown, Buckhead. Think Sandy. Sp- oh no, Sandy, maybe just Buckhead. Yeah, yeah. somewhere. But. Anyways, it's the latest craze. Jump on it. So it's cool. really cool. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? How about a gift that's for you and for him? I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's the perfect package for his perfect package, if you know what I mean. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, just launched their brand new perfect package. It's chic, necessary, and it's literally everything your man needs to keep himself trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And ladies, inside the Manscaped perfect package, you'll find their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent your man from cutting his nuts. Or us ladies, it does not cut you, I promise. It's pretty insane. I love it. It has like a guard on it that just is amazing. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink. Speak of... 
Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. We've all smelled stanky balls before. And that's why I am thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell so good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep his junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to these new ones. If you're listening to me speak to you right now, you are the first one to hear about this life-changing package. And I want you and your man to experience it firsthand. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day super spicy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Kimsey at manscaped.com. Ladies, like I said, this is a perfect gift for you and your man. Trust me, you will thank me and your men's balls will too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Kimsey at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Kimsey. Stay sexy this Valentine's Day and manscape. Okay, you guys, we will be at Mohegan Sun. Is it Novell Nightclub? Is that how you say no, it? I believe Novell. Novell yeah. Nightclub, uh, Friday night. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I should have started with that instead right. of Cash's Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Friday. we will be at Mohegan Sun. And what's really funny about this is Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods was, were um, being built when I lived in Connecticut. And they were done being built, and I wasn't quite old enough to gamble. So I would sneak in there, right? There's not people checking your license at the door at this time. And I would gamble. Like just, you know, $100 or something. <laughs> What's dumb is like if I ever won a jackpot, I could have never claimed it. So no. like what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I love these two casinos, okay? So I it's so surreal to me to fly back to my hometown. We land literally in my hometown. That's where Bradley International Airport is. We'll be landing on Friday um, tomorrow. Yep. I have n- nothing figured out to wear, which is not like me at all. But um, And so we'll be there around 10 o'clock, 1030 at Novell Nightclub. Come hang out with us, you guys. I am so excited to see all my peeps from Connecticut. I heard it's like 20 degrees there. Cold. It's a different kind of cold. Mm-hmm. It's like... Whew, cold and, and like wet, right? Yeah. Humidity. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like Montana was anything like Connecticut mm-hmm. cold. Um, so we will see you guys there. Um, also, is it Valentine's Day for women or for both men and women? If in a relationship, do both people receive or does one give the other something? Right. It basically is what, what Croy wrote down here. Yeah. I just thought it was a curious thought. Like I, th- I think about that too. I think the holiday is more for women. You do? I do, but I think also there should be like a gift exchange or whatever you like to do um, between you both and cards and and. But I definitely feel like it's more for the girl. I don't know why I feel that way. Actually, do you feel well? It's like your sweetheart. I, like it's more right. It's like, uh-huh. But my my is it the chiropractor that said? Is it him? It's just a ho- oh, no. It's you that says these holidays just to make us spend money. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I love to joke about that. No, I mean I, there is definitely a. You know, society and, and um, I guess commerce, if you want to call it that, and, and businesses have played a, a huge role in, in developing holidays and what happens during holidays, you know. Um, but I just was curious as to what your thought was as far as yeah, is, there, I, is there somebody, if you're in a, in a relationship, is there somebody that is kind of the giver and then somebody's the receiver or should it be equal? Should both people give and both people receive? Is it... Is it? I think it should. Man, just, woman. I think it's really for a girl. Yeah, I really do. I don't know why. So why 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 is the guy left out? He wants to feel loved. I think it's like this your sweetheart. But no, I mean, you should still get a gift or you should get something. Right. But I still think it's more like. Did you Google it? No, I just was a curious question. I wonder. Mind. I wonder what it says. 
Um, let's just Google real quick and see, is Valentine's Day for men or for women or for both? <laughs> let's just see. I don't know why I think this way. Or, is or just Valentine's the, or a certain day. Partner, if you, if you're, uh, or yeah, if, if you're, girl, well, girl, if, you're guy, if you're girl, girl or guy, guy, do guy guys even oh, celebrate Valentine's Day? I mean, they have Look to, it, they got, they is got, Valentine's they got Day for lovers. both genders. I guess a lot of people Google this, <laughs> um, Valentine's Day isn't about you men. It's about lavishing love on women. Men act like helpless damsels in distress all year round, expecting women to pick up the slack. It's not too much to expect one day of total goddess treatment, like chocolates, candy hearts, generic cards, the yearly resurrection of the high-maintenance girlfriend on Valentine's Day is inevitable. Women can't Women who care about a fancy, uh, fancy for February, this is so funny the way it's written, um, are seen as those demanding superficial fiancés to the male leading that we've all met in rom-coms she's all wrong for him we know that the moment we see her snapping at the lady doing her nails in her first five minutes of screen time i don't know what this is really all that saying but anyways the woman who does not care about candy hearts and extravagant gestures is a leading guy's female's best friend who would rather have one dollar pbrs and street meat she knows that valentine's day is a hallmark holiday engineered for conspicuous consumption she does not care about her nails she and her untamed free spirit and cuticles are just right for him i spent most of my adulthood being truly asked wrong about valentine's day as recently as last year i judged my friends in long-term relationships had high so-called conventional expectations for the holiday this is so her words are just crazy superficial basically um i think i do think there's kind of a stigmatism that it's for women and i'm not 100 percent sure um why i would honestly think that way but be curious to know what other people think yeah um you guys can call 323-213-8100 and let us know text us Um, there dm send us a message on instagram whatever there was a survey done by men's health and women's health it asked questions like who's supposed to pay for valentine's day that's a really good question 4.3 percent voted led the poll with the answer being the guy should pay for it four percent voted for the girl to pay that's Silly. 24.8% suggested the cost be split. That's weirder. And 34.4% said whoever plans the night should pay. Right. Nevertheless, there are say. also many other things consider when determining who the day is for. Things to mull over what the meaning is of the holiday, who gets excited for February 14th, and what gender Valentine's Day products are geared towards. For the first things first, what does a holiday mean? It's about expressing to your significant other how much you love them and doing it in a big way. When it comes to men and women, it is said that women is m- the more nurturing of the two. Throughout the year, the woman is the woman, woman is the one who spends the most being quote unquote lovely lovey dovey valentine's day gives a man a chance to make up for those days spent only absorbing the love of their wives and girlfriends it gives them a chance to return the love that lovey dovey love on february 14th so who gets most excited about the holiday because men don't express their emotions often since it looks it's looked at by society as feminine women are consumed with a joy and excitement that consists of them waiting for that distinct special thing to take place on that day things they have been waiting for all year valentine's day opens up the possibility for the man to say i love you for the first time propose an engagement that will lead to marriage or ask the woman to move in with him last but not least who are those fabulous um items specifically created for corporations like zales you know all these hallmark blah 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 mm-hmm. take a uh, rake in big bucks creating um items geared towards women and designed for men to purchase right. which i think is so true the significance of valentine's day is for couples to showcase their love towards one another however in this day and time it seems as if it's created primarily for the man to perform his skills and abilities when it comes to courting his woman yeah well i think uh what's even a better explanation what I gathered from that was there's somebody who's a nurturer and then somebody who receives the nurturing. And I guess whoever receives the nurturing should use the day to show the nurturer how important they are, maybe more 
then the nurturer has to show the nurturing person. Make sense? So that's who should step up and do more on the day than, per se, the other person. So, I don't know. Maybe. Tell us what you it's think. It's all for women. <laughs> all right, real quick. I got a game for you, babe. Oh, God. Uh, it This game is what's a girl or Kim want? You just got to pick between the two. Chocolates or flowers? Both. Got to pick one. Flowers. Okay. Dinner in or dinner? But din- I already got both. <laughs> dinner in or dinner out? I don't know. That's a tough one for me because most times I don't feel like getting dressed up. So probably, well, then I like that's a night that makes us go out. So I think dinner out. Dinner out. Go okay. Dressed up or dressed casual? Dressed up if I'm dressed up. Dressed up. Uh, activity after or chill? Hell no. Chill. Chill. No movie. No putt-putt I'm golf. I'm so boring. I'm so boring. No go-karts. No. Not interested. <laughs> Okay, Valentine's Day, full day or just the evening? No, I think just the evening, yeah. Just but if you can start in the morning. Okay. Lingerie or body care products? Lingerie. Lingerie. This one is a, a card from a store or a handwritten note or letter? I think both are fine because you can write the note inside the card. So a card and then you can write the note inside of it. And then uh, should people share it with the world in this day and age or keep it to themselves more private? Keep it to themselves. They should not share Valentine's Day. I feel like when you, I feel like you guys, and that's been almost proven in some of the situations that I've been in in my life, that when I post and share information, it does sometimes get affected. So things that I, you know, I'm working on and growing stuff, I don't share until it's like here and ready to go. But I think Valentine's Day is something that's somewhat personal. Like I can maybe Snapchat our dinner or I'll take a picture and post what we look like, but no, that's it. All right. I'm not going to come home and be like, we had crazy, passionate sex on my Instagram. It's not happening. <laughs> Last one. Foreplay or the Big Bang? Depends on my mood, man. I don't know. I think it might change every day, so I don't know. That one's a toss-up. Huh? Yeah, I think that's definitely a toss-up. All right, I'll let that Depends. one be the only toss-up. Okay. There you go. Ask your partner or significant other. Those are kind of fun. That is kind of fun. After decades of making our name as the nation's leading carryout-only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, delivery. For years, they brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world. Something delicious is coming. Little Caesars has huge news they now deliver. From the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of topping at the nation's best price now delivered. You get the same Little Caesars pizza that you love brought right to your door, ordered online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of nation's best pizza is based on the comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chain. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings and the other three pizza chains comparable large round standard menu custom top pizza sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations. Delivery fees do apply. Okay, so 1,500 people give all the relationship advice you will ever need. This is by Mark Manson um, online. It's one of the coolest articles I think I've... I've read in a very, very long time. Uh, We're going to finish half this week and half next week because there's a lot of information, but I think this will help a lot of people. Yeah. It's about love and relationships and life and being successful at them. So it applies today and and any day. But So uh, this is Mark Manson writing this. When I got married nearly three years ago at the wedding reception, I asked some of the older, wiser folks who were attending for a few words of advice for their own relationship to make sure my wife and I didn't shit the bed. I think a lot of newlyweds do this, ask for relationship advice. I mean, not 
shit the same bed, especially after a few cocktails from Open Bar they just paid for. But then I figured with the access to hundreds of thousands of smart, amazing people through my website, I could go one step further. Why not consult my readers? Why not ask them for their best relationship marriage advice? Why not synthesize all of their wisdom and experience into something straightforward and applicable to any relationship, no matter who you are? Why not crowdsource the ultimate relationship guide to end all relationship guides from the sea of smart and savvy partners and lovers who come to markmanson.net. This is what I ask for. Anyone who has been married for 10 plus years and is still happy in their relationship, what lessons would you pass down to others if you could? What is working for you and your partner? Also to people who are divorced, what didn't work previously? The response was overwhelming. Almost 1,500 people got back to me, many of whom sent replies and uh, measured in pages, not paragraphs. It took weeks to comb through all of them, but what I found stunned me. First start, they were incredibly repetitive. That's not an insult, actually. It's the opposite, not to mention a relief. The answers came from smart and well-spoken people from all walks of life, from around the world, each with their own histories, tragedies, mistakes, and triumphs. And yet they were all saying pretty much the same damn thing, which means that those dozen or so things that they kept saying must be pretty important. And they work. Got relationship problems? Well, I got solutions or at least ideas. Okay. I should probably just say I've got ideas for solutions because God knows I can't fix everybody's shit. So here it is, a 54-page PDF of relationship saving ideas. Number one, be together for the right reasons. Before we get into what we should do in your relationship, let's start with what not to do. Don't ever be with someone because someone else pressured you to. I got married the first time because I was I was raised Catholic. Oh, I was too. And that's what you're supposed to do. Wrong. I got married the second time because I was miserable and lonely and thought having a lovely, lovely wife <laughs> would fix everything for me. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Took me three tries to figure out what would be what would have been so obvious from the beginning. The only reason you should ever be with the person you're with is because you love being around them. It's seriously that simple. When I sent out my request to readers for advice, I asked people who were on their second or third or fourth marriages what they did wrong the first few times. By far, the most common answers was being with the person for the wrong reasons. Some of these reasons include pressure from family and friends, feeling like a loser because they were single and selling for the first person that came along, being together for an image because the relationship looked good on paper or in photos, not because the two people actually admired each other, being young, naive, and hopelessly in love and thinking that love would solve all your problems. He has a little picture here. Mute, naked girl on the beach and the guy below. Seems legit. I'll put a ring on it. Everything that makes a relationship work, and by work I mean that it, this is happy and a sustainable for both people, requires a genuine deep level admiration for each other. Without that mutual admiration, everything else will unravel. The other wrong reason to enter into a relationship, like Greg said, is to quote unquote fix yourself. This desire to use the love of somebody else to soothe your own emotional problems inevitably leads to codependency and unhealthy and damaging dynamic between the two people where there exists a... Tacit? T-A-C-I-T? I I don't know. Yeah, something. Agreement to use each other's love as distraction from one's own self-loathing. We'll get more into that later. But for now, it's useful to point out that love itself is neutral. It is something that can be both healthy and unhealthy, helpful or harmful, depending on why or how you love someone and are loved by someone else. By itself, love is never enough to sustain a relationship. Two, Have realistic expectations about the relationship and the romance. You are absolutely not going to be gaga over each other every single day for the rest of your life. And all this happily ever after bullshit is just setting people up for failure. They go into relationships with this unrealistic expectation. Then the instant they realize they aren't gaga anymore, they didn't think the relationship is broken and they think the relationship is broken and over and they need to get out. No, there'll be days or weeks or even longer when you aren't all mushy gushy in love. You're going to wake up some mornings and think, oh, you're still here. (laughs) (laughs) that's normal and more importantly sticking it out totally is worth it because in a day or a week or even longer you look at that person a giant wave of love love, and you'll love them so much more you love them so much you think your heart can't possibly hold it all and is going to burst because the love that is alive is constantly evolving it expands and contracts and mellows and deepens this guy writes so well 
it's not going to be the way it used to be or the way it will be. And it shouldn't be. I think if more couples understood this, they'd be less inclined to panic and rush and break up or divorce. In ancient times, people generally consider love a sickness. Parents warn their children against it. Adults quickly arrange marriages before their children were old enough to do something dumb on the back of their out-of-control emotions. That's because love, though able to make us feel giddy and high, as though we have snorted a shoebox full of cocaine, <laughs> can make us highly irrational. We all know that a guy or girl who dropped out of school, sold their car, and spent the money to lope on the beach of Tahiti. We all know that same guy or girl and how they ended up sulking back a few years later, feeling like a moron, not, men- not to mention broke. I'm going on this guy's website romeo and juliet this is a little picture romeo and juliet is not a love story it's a three-day relationship between a 13 year old and a 17 year old that caused six deaths sincerely everyone who actually read this this or read it <laughs> a love like this is a natural way of tricking us into doing insane and irrational things in order to remember to procreate if we stop doing if we stopped long enough to think about the repercussions of having kids not to mention being with the same person forever and ever few would ever do it as robin williams once said god gave me a brain and a penis and only enough blood to operate one at a time that's pretty nuts blind romantic love is a trap designed to get two people to overlook each other's faults long enough to do some baby making it generally lasts a few years at most that dizzy high you get staring into your lover's eyes if they are the stars that make up the heavens yeah the most most of that goes away i don't know why i'm reading this so weird once it's gone you need to know that you're buckled yourself down with a human being you genuinely respect and enjoy being with otherwise things are going to get very rocky true love that is deep the kind of aiding love that is impervious to emotional whims or fancy is a constant commitment to a person regardless of the present circumstances it's a constant commitment to a person you'll understand isn't going to always make you happy nor should they and a person who will need to rely on you just as you will need to rely on them that form of love is much harder primarily because it often doesn't feel very good it's unglamorous it's lots of early morning doctor's visits it's cleaning up bodily fluids you'd rather not be cleaning up it's dealing with another person's insecurities and fears when you don't want to but this form of love is almost far more satisfying and meaningful and at the end of the day it brings true happiness not just another series of highs happily after after doesn't exist every day you wake up and decide to love your partner in your life the good the bad the ugly some days it's a struggle and some days you feel like the luckiest person in the world most people never reach this deep unconditional love they get addicted to the ups and downs of romantic love they're in it for feels so to speak and when the feelings run out so do they some people get into relationships as a way to compensate for something they lack or hate within themselves this is a one-way ticket to a toxic relationship because it makes you love conditional you will love your partner only as long as they help you feel better about yourself you will give them as long as they give to you you'll make them happy as long as they make you happy this conditionally prevents any true deep level intimacy from emerging and it chains the relationship to each person's internal dramas i believe that's so true the most important important factor in a relationship is not communication but respect what i can tell you is one thing it's respect it's not sexual attraction looks share goals religion or lack thereof nor is it love there are times that you won't feel love for your partner but you never want to lose respect for your partner once you lose respect you'll never get it back agreed as i scan through the hundreds of responses i received i began to notice an interesting trend people who have been through divorces almost always talk about communication being the most important part of making things work talk frequently openly talk about everything even if it hurts and there is some merit to that which i'll get to later but i noticed that the thing people with happy marriages go on 20, 30, or even 40 years talked about most was respect. My sense is these people through sheer quality of experiences have learned that communication, no matter how open, transparent, and disciplined will break down at some point. Conflicts are pretty unavoidable and feelings will always be hurt. And the one thing that you can save you and your partner that you can cushion you both to the hard landing of human fallibility is an unerring respect for one another. It's crucial that you hold each other in high esteem, believe in one another, often more than you believe in yourself, and trust that your partner's doing his or her best. With that bedrock of respect, you'll begin to doubt each other's intentions. You will judge your partner's choices and roach on their independence. You'll feel the need to hide things from one another out of fear of criticism, and this is when the cracks and the crevices begin to appear. My 
my husband and I have been together 15 years. I thought a lot about what seems to be keeping us together while marriages around us crumble. Seriously, it's everywhere we s- seem to be at that age. The one word that I kept coming back to is respect. Of course, this means showing respect. That is too superficial. Just showing isn't enough. You have to feel it deep within. I deeply and genuinely respect my husband for his work ethic, his patience, his creativity, his intelligence, and his core values. From this respect comes everything else. Trust, patience, perseverance, because sometimes life is hard and when you both just have to persevere. I want to hear what he has to say, even if I don't agree with him, because I respect his opinion. I want to enable him to have some free time with our insanely busy lives because I respect how he spends his time and who he spends his time with. And really what this mutual respect means is that we feel safe sharing our deepest, most intimate selves with each other. As well as respecting your partner, you must also respect yourself just as your partner must respect his or himself because without self-respect, you'll not feel worthy of the respect afforded by your partner. You'll be unwilling to accept it and you'll find ways to undermine it. You'll constantly feel the need to compensate and prove yourself worthy of love, which can only backfire. Respect for your partner and respect for yourself are intertwined. As another reader put it, respect yourself and your wife never badly... Never talk badly to or about her. If you don't respect your wife, you don't respect yourself. You choose her. Live up to that choice. That's what this guy, Olive, said. So what does respect look like? Common examples given my readers are never talk shit about your partner or complain about them to friends. I definitely agree with that. If you have a problem with your partner, you should be having a conversation with them, not anyone else. Talking bad about your partner to others will erode your respect for them and make you feel worse about the relationship, not better. Totally agree. Respect that they have different hobbies, interests, and perspectives. Just because you would spend your time and energy different doesn't mean it's better or worse respect that they have an equal say in the relationship that you're a team and if one person on the team is not happy then the team is not succeeding no secrets if you're really in this together and you respect one another everything should be fair game have a crush on someone else discuss it laugh about it have a weird sexual fantasy that sounds ridiculous be open about it nothing should be off limits that's funny have a crush on someone else I think that happens a lot. I was reading some article on that. Talk openly about everything, especially the stuff that hurts. We always talk about what's bothering us each other, not with anyone else. We have so many friends who are in marriages that are not working, and they tell me all about what is wrong. I can't help them. They need to be talking to their spouse. If you can figure out a way to be able to talk to your spouse about what's bugging you, then you can probably work on the issue. There are no secrets. Secret divide always. 1,000% agree. I receive hundreds of emails from readers each week asking for life advice. A large percentage of these emails involve difficulties in romantic relationship. For what it's worth, worth, these emails too are surprisingly repetitive. A couple years ago, I discovered that I was answering many of these relationship emails with the same response. Take this email, just send it to me, print it out and show it to your partner, then come back and ask again. In fact, this response became so common that I actually put it in a contract form on the site because I was so tired of copying and pasting it. If something's bothering the relationship, you must be willing to say it out loud. Doing so builds trust and trust builds intimacy. It may hurt, but you still need to do it because no one else can fix your relationship for you. Just as you causing pain to your muscles allows them to grow back stronger, introducing some pain in your relationship through vulnerability makes the relationship stronger. I think intimacy is probably one of the most important things in a relationship as well as respect. Along with respect, trust was the most common, and trust, I think trust, I think when trust is broken, it's just gone, was the most commonly mentioned trait crucial for healthy relationships most people mention in the context of jealousy or fidelity trust your partner to go off on their own don't get insecure or angry if you see them talking to somebody else but trust goes much deeper than whether or not someone is cheating because when you're really talking about the long haul you have to get into some serious life or death shit if you learned you had cancer tomorrow would you trust your partner to stick with you and take care of you would you trust your partner to care for your child for a week longer or by themselves do you trust them to handle your money or make sound decisions do you trust them to not turn on you or blame you when they screw up i think that's a very big question to ask yourself, what would your partner do if you got sick? These are some very hard questions. They're even harder to contemplate early on in the relationship. It's like, oh, I forgot my phone at the apartment. I trust her not to sell it and buy crack with the money, I think. But the deeper the commitment, the more intertwined your lives become and the more you will have to trust your partner to responsibly take care of you. If you cannot trust, you cannot be trusted. Distrust will breed distrust. If your partner is always snooping through your stuff, accusing you of doing things you didn't do and questioning all your decisions, naturally you'll start to question their intentions as well. Why is she so insecure? Why is he hiding something? The key to fostering and maintaining trust in a relationship is for both partners to be completely transparent. If something is bothering you, say 
something. This is important not only for addressing issues of, as they arise, but it proves to your partner that you have nothing to hide. Those icky, in, insecure things you hate sharing with people, share them with your partner. Not only is it healing, but you and your partner need to have a good understanding of each other's insecurities, and that way you can choose to compensate for them. Make promises and then stick to them. The only way to rebuild trust after it's been broken is through a proven track record over time. I'm just not one of those people. I think, honestly, like some people can work through issues that have happened, and I, and I think other people maybe try, but I don't know. It's interesting. You can build that track record until you own up to previous mistakes and set about correcting them. Learn to discern your partner's own shady behavior from your own securities. This is a hard one and will likely require some form of confrontation, but at most relationship fights, one person thinks something is completely normal and the other thinks it's really grade A fucked up. It's often extremely hard to distinguish who's being irrational and who's insecure and who's being reasonable and merely standing up for themselves. Be patient in rooting out what's what. And when it's your big, gnarly insecurity, and sometimes it will be, trust me, to be honest about it, own up to it and strive to be better. Trust is like a china plate. If it drops and it breaks, you can only put it back together with lots of work and lots of care. If you drop it and break it a second time, it will split into more pieces require more time that i don't agree with that <laughs> no way dude if it happens again like you're no right no i think life is way too short to be in a situation where some people have repaired marriages that had you know they cheated they've been able to repair it and their relationship got better i think there's people that can do it and i think there's people that really just can't and once the trust is broken and there's a crack in the foundation it's tough to ever so, repair it. So the, the plate breaks and you're throwing it out. You're not gluing it back. I mean, I mean, it depends on what the situation is, but I definitely think if the situation comes back up again, um, the plate's gone, dude. Fuck that. Very easily for me. But I think All for, right. yeah, I think that trust is. Maybe you're not reading this article then. No, I. but I'm going to keep going. I'm just speaking <laughs> for myself. I've been in that situation um, in my life. So I definitely, uh, that's it. It was done. But drop and break it enough times, it will shatter into so many pieces you'll never be able to put it back together again, no matter what you do. A healthy relationship means two healthy individuals, like I just said. Understand that it's up to you to make yourself happy, but it's not the job of your spouse. I do agree. I'm not saying you shouldn't do nice things for each other that your partner can't make you happy sometimes. I'm just saying don't lay expectations on your partner to make you happy. It's not the responsibility. Figure out individuals what make you happy as individuals and that bring each other into the relationship. I think if somebody's like feeling bad and you don't feel support from your partner, like you're not asking for them to really make you happy. You're asking for like their support, basically. So I think this could go one of two ways, but... Everyone talks about quote unquote sacrifices in a relationship. You're supposed to keep the relationship happy by consistently sacrificing yourself to your partner and their wants and needs. Don't agree with that. Sometimes it's true that every relationship requires each person to choose to give something up at that time. The problem comes when all relationship happiness is contingent on the other person and both people are in a constant state of sacrifice. Just read that again. Doesn't it sound horrible? A relationship based on constant and mutual sacrifices cannot be sustained and eventually become damaging to both individuals. Shitty codependent relationships have an inherent stability because you both locked in an implicit bargain to tolerate other people's bad behavior because they're tolerating yours and neither of you want to be alone. On the surface, it seems like a case of compromising in a relationship because that's what people do. But the reality is as the resentment builds up and both parties become the other person's emotional hostage again, having to face and deal with their own bullshit. It took this lady 14 years to realize this. A healthy and happy relationship requires two healthy and happy individuals. Keywords here, individuals. That means two people with their own identities, their own interests and perspectives and things they do by themselves on their own time. This is why attempting to control your partner, submitting 
control over your partner to your partner to make them happy ultimately backfires. It allows the individual identity of each person to be destroyed. Those very identities that are attracted to each other and brought them together in the first place. Don't try to change them. This is a person you chose. They were good enough to marry, so don't expect them to change now. Don't ever give up who you are for the person you're with. It only backfires. It makes you both miserable. Have the courage to be who you are. And most importantly, let your partner be who they are. Those are two people who fell in love with each other in the first place. But how does one do this? The answer comes from something hundreds and hundreds of successful couples said in their email. Six, give each other space. Be sure you have a life of your own. Otherwise, it's harder to live a life together. Have your own interests, your own friends, your own support network, your own hobbies. Overlap where you can, but not being identical should give you something to talk about and helps to expand your horizons. One of the most regular things people who get in touch who got in touch said to do things with the importance of creating space and separation. People sung the praise of separate checking accounts, separate credit cards, having different friends and hobbies. I don't know about the separate checking account and credit cards. That's a little weird, I think. Yeah. Um, taking separate I, I vacations. Way for sure. I don't know about that. Right. Like some, yeah, I mean, that's kind of people's preference, I feel like. I think either I think a relationship will work either way is what I was saying. Yeah. This has been a big one in relationships, taking separate vacations from one another. Some even went so far as to recommend separate bathrooms and separate bedrooms. Some people are afraid to give their partner freedom and independence. This comes from a lack of trust or insecurity that we give our partner too much space to discover they don't want to be with us anymore. I don't think that's the worry. I just think it, yeah, that's funny. Generally, the more uncomfortable we are with our own worthiness in the relationship, the more we'll try to control our partner's behavior. Even more importantly, this inability to let our partners be who they are is a subtle form of disrespect. After all, if you can't trust your husband to have a simple golfing trip with his buddies, or you're afraid to let your wife go out for drinks after work, what does that say about the respect for their ability to handle themselves appropriately? What does it say for the respect for yourself? After all, you believe a couple drinks after work is enough to steer your partner away from you. You clearly don't think too highly of yourself or you don't trust your partner pretty much if you love your partner enough you let them be who they are you don't own them who they hang out with or what they do or how they feel it drives me nuts when i see women not let their husbands go out with guys or are jealous of other women okay you guys we're going to jump back into this next week's podcast i think Ooh. this is a great article i think this is really amazing i think this is a great article but i think there's also you know situations for different people different strokes for different folks kind of thing um so i'm interested to see what the rest of this has to say and there's quite a few pages left so i'm excited to share this with you guys um thanks so much for tuning into this episode of house of kim and next week we'll be focusing on this as well i think that um also kobe bryant really changed the world's thought process on relationships i've read it in so many places i even um text vanessa and said you know kobe has really brought i think a lot of relationships and or people came together or they fell apart i think it's you know people realize that you could lose your partner in a you know a day how does that make you feel i think kobe's really woken up the world through his death unfortunately but you know he's been a blessing when he was alive and a blessing now that he's not even here so um we'll finish all things relationship wise next week have a good one thanks for listening to house of kim with kim zolciak beerman catch new episodes every wednesday exclusively on podcast one.com the podcast one app and subscribe on apple podcasts if you love the show don't forget to leave a rating and review We've got some really great advertisers on our show this week, and by supporting them, you're helping us to continue to bring you awesome content for free. So please check them out. A huge thank you to the sponsors for this week. They are Joybird. Go to joybird.com forward slash Kimzy and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using code Kimzy. Mercari, if you have anything you don't use, sell them, ship them, and get paid. Check out Mercari on the App Store or on Mercari.com. Manscaped, get 20% off and free shipping using the code Kimzy at manscaped.com. Little Caesars, hot and ready pizza. Be sure to check out the episode's notes for more information on our great sponsors when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.